0: Welcome to Tube Talk, the show dedicated to helping you become a better video creator so you can get more views, subscribers, and build your audience. Brought to you by vidIQ. Download for free at vidIQ.com. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Tube Talk presented by vidIQ. I am your host, Viper, the man about Executive producer of social media here at the IQ. And hello, hello, how are you today? I appreciate each and every one of you all who listen to this podcast on a weekly basis. I want to take a moment to thank you guys. You know, sometimes I feel like I'm not even aware of how much reach this particular podcast has, man. I get tweets about it. People talk about the episodes that they've listened to and the value that they've gained from the podcast. So I just want to thank you guys for just being listeners and sticking with me in this podcast. And hopefully I've said something or my guests have said something that resonated with you all. And we were able to provide some type of value because that's why I host the podcast. I want to make your creator journey a little bit easier. I try to get value from the guests that I bring on here. I try to tell you guys about my own personal experiences as being a creator. So, You know, you can avoid some of the mistakes that we have made as we've grown as creators between me and my guests and people in the industry as a whole. So I'm glad that you guys find consistent value in the podcast. So thank you guys again for listening. This week, we have a gaming creator, or I guess you could call him a gaming creator, but he's doing something a little bit different in the gaming space. Now, a lot of times when we talk about the gaming space and people starting channels in the gaming space, we talk about how it's too saturated. There are so many gaming content creators out there already, this, that, and the other. But today's guest is a gaming creator and he's definitely making waves in the gaming space, but not for the traditional gaming content that you might be accustomed to on YouTube. My man, Mr. Rightway, is a gaming collector. Yes, he collects video games of all sorts, retro video games, current video games. I mean, the dude probably has every video game system that come out, and he has an interesting story to tell about his journey being a game collector. And we're going to get into all that here in a few seconds. I think his story is very interesting. That's why I invited him on the podcast. So you know what? Let's go ahead and hear his story. Let me bring Mr. Rightway on here. And let's roll to the podcast. Welcome back to Tube Talk presented by VidIQ. And this week's very special guest is a photographer. He's a game collector, content creator. Let's bring in my man. Mr. Right way to the podcast what's up man how you doing
1: man what is up viper i like i told you
0: i am feeling oozy today man let's get it going my man got them bloodline veins in him. i like that i appreciate that my dude so first question i ask every first time guest that comes to the podcast my dude what brought you to youtube oh man what
1: brought me to youtube was my love of apple products over oh my goodness About 11 years ago, if I go back on my YouTube channel, man, because I never took YouTube seriously, and we'll get into that later, but I had this quirky idea let me make the right tech show. (laughs) Everybody had like a little tech show back in the day when, you know, the iPhone started popping off. So I would like make videos, stand in line, talking about the iPhone, talking about Apple products. When I couldn't afford Apple products, I would go in the Apple store and play with it, make videos, and, you know, do good, right? It was just amazing how. The tech bubble back then was just growing and really didn't pop, but it was just still so, so amazing about YouTube. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually doing stuff. I didn't have no proper light. I didn't know what I was doing. I was a photographer. So you know what? I'm a photographer. I just turn the video mode and just go. And that's what I did. Like I said, I press record and I just started putting videos out there. Fast forward to the pandemic, man. I actually kind of started taking it pretty seriously. Uh, I didn't do tech anymore. I'm a video game collector. And I just like, you know what? I actually like to drive around. I like to get video games. I like to help people. Let me show people how you can build video game collections like cheap, fast, and the right way. So what I go do is I go to the pun shops, Goodwills, thrift stores. Uh, I support my local video game stores. I try to make that connection. And it's really not a video game channel, but it is. It's so weird. I was at YouTube a couple weeks ago and I was talking to them about it. And my channel is more like a gaming lifestyle channel. I go around, I film in like, different places like pun shops, Goodwills, or my local video game stores. I love going to my local video game stores because that's the place where I can like, make my connections. And I don't try to make connections so I can get a free game or whatever because I buy stuff. But I just love this community doing video games and just trying to collect. And as you can see, people probably can't see right now. But if you head to my channel, you'll see <laughs> it's like a GameStop almost sometimes. <laughs> when people first come in, like, man, did you like partner up with GameStop? Because I got games over here, I got life, I got kiosks, just got so much stuff. It's just, it's great. I absolutely
0: love it. Yeah, your backdrop definitely looks like a GameStop. All the games <laughs> that you've accumulated over the years, man, it shows in your backdrop. I am curious though. You said you film in pawn shops and video game stores. And I'm curious about how you went about getting permission from those managers and whatnot to film in those places. Because, you know, sometimes when you walk into a public place with a camera, they're like, no, you can't record. But obviously you've done it and you're doing it. So how did you get that permission to do that? Just
1: basically, I go to different places and um, I go to over and over. Like in my area, we have like about five or six, eight pawn shops and I'm always visiting. And before I like, hey, do you mind? I record and like, oh, it's okay. I never really get stopped. Only the time there's some some people say, "I just don't put me on camera." But then other times, "Hey man, can I be on camera?" I say, "Yeah," because that's like free promotion for the shop, especially right. uh local video game stores. You walk in and like, "Hey, do you mind if I film here?" Sure. And they're like, "Hey, can I like look at your back stock? Do you like to want to get on camera and talk about that?" Because that's free promotion. Also, that's great like footage for your channel. But you always got to make sure you ask permission. Now sometimes, yeah, I will take the iPhone, running gun, and but I would never like film nobody. I'll film myself and they'll look at me like, what you doing? Oh, I am just talking about you stuff on YouTube and I just walk on by and okay. And then sometimes <laughs> it was really funny. I go to Goodwills a lot and I found this really, really some, some cool games, you know, like worth a lot of money. And then I was like just in the moment. And then one of the workers jumped over and said, Hey, Mr. Rightway. I am like, Oh, snap. <laughs> I said, Yeah, I saw the video today. You're going to put me on, too? And why are we just doing this? And I just put it on, and it, it was on the channel. It was so funny.
0: So the man actually recognized you from your content. That's pretty amazing, man.
1: And yeah, and then one thing is, I I guess I create my own competition in my area because I'll go to Goodwill, and then I'll see somebody in there, and I know it's a gamer or a reseller. So I'm like, oh, oh okay, we'll see what they're getting. And I look at the section where the video game's at or what I'm going to buy. And I go over there and just see if they haven't got anything really good. And then I sneak over real quick and get my stuff. And then, hey, Mr. Rightway, I knew you were going to be here. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, man. You know what? I'm glad you didn't get this game real quick. And they say, oh, man, they just put that out. I'm like, yeah, I just put that out. Let me go. Like, All right. It's so funny. It's like a different adventure every day, bro. I absolutely love it.
0: That is pretty awesome, man. So I'm curious, you said you film in like pawn shops and and local video game stores, but have you ever done any filming inside like a GameStop or do they allow you to film inside of a GameStop? I know some of the bigger chains are more strict about that.
1: Yeah, actually, I just had a video take off the other day, you know, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom just came out. And this is a tip for any video creator, and I always call it the feels or the spidey sense. I had a spidey sense about, you know what, this video is going to be dope if I go do this midnight release video. So i made myself stay up i went to gamestop you know filmed the midnight release film people in the audience or film people inside gamestop which will be the audience and you know took names took numbers down put it on the video Talked to people at gamestop and man that video it's that timing and that spidey sense that video just took off one of my regular it's like at 20k because like right now i'm you know i'm at 26,000 subs but I don't usually have many videos that match my sub count so that was like oh wow that's really good and then it added more subscribers and the video still going and still popping off and i even had somebody at gamestop contact me like hey man thanks for doing this and that because uh that's not the first time people at gamestop has actually used one of my videos internally and this is another thing i never try to make drama content it's easy to talk about gamestop do this bad net now if i do like you said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, you know, constructive criticism is key. I make mm-hmm. constructive criticism when GameStop do stuff. But I also say GameStop is a great place for collectors. It's just a lot of people have been hurt by GameStop because a bad employee is not doing their jobs. So I go in there and try to put a positive spin so how fun it is showing I can get like rare games there or get games super duper cheap. Build up a collection and, and people are like, oh, well, my GameStop didn't do that. Well, hey, look at this video. Look what I've done. And you can do that. And sometimes you do get lucky. I went in there and found a sealed copy of Super Smash Bros. Melee on the GameCube for like 24 bucks. And I was like, oh my, it's on the channel. I had out of body moment, uh, out of body experience. (laughs) I was like, Lord, I cannot believe I was in the right place at the right time and found that game. And it's still in my collection. It's like one of those collection pieces that really don't never sell. Because, yes, I got it graded. I can sell it, but I don't want to because it's not about the money. It's about those experiences, about their value. So like, going back, make sure you try to make positive content because you never know who is watching you. I ain't never know people in GameStop watching me internally and they contact me on Twitter and stuff. You know, hey, I never might meet nobody in person, but you never know what kind of connection people watching you because you out here acting like a fool and mad because Gangstop didn't do this or do that because you didn't get what you wanted. And these folks watching you, man, come
0: on. Mm-mm, I ain't finna do that. Bro. Oh, yo, yo, this is a <laughs> light bulb moment for me because I know there's a lot of people that uh, like, like listen to the podcast, this podcast. Yeah, it's rare when a guest actually recalls or, or alludes to a previous episode of the podcast. So I appreciate you doing that. But oh, bro, I hey, love the I've been point, listening. No, I love the point that you just highlighted about uh, making that positive content, especially as it relates to highlighting brands, because mm-hmm. you can still give constructive criticism without completely bashing a brand. And yep. further to your point, like you just said, you never know who is watching, watching your content. Yeah. I think a lot of you smaller creators that listen to this podcast, you think nobody's watching. I, I would, I challenge you to not think that way because even as a smaller creator, you never know. Who might be watching your content, whether it be a larger creator or a brand that you love, you never know who's watching your content. When you put Mm -hmm. that video on YouTube, it is out there for the entire world to see. The entire world, which means Mm -hmm. that somebody in the industry that you're covering could very likely see your video.
1: Bro, like let's say down here, side, the half haven't been told. I'm
0: telling you, bro. Let, let me
1: tell you another thing. When you out making content, and this has happened to me so many times, you have a bad, I don't say you had bad days, you had bad moments, right? right? I had a bad moment, a couple of moments, but as soon as I wanted to go off, hey, Mr. Way, you know, I love your channel. What you doing? You want to go over here and look at I like, yep, let me fix my face real quick. <laughs> let me fix my attitude and start making this content. It never fails. When I'm out making content, I still got to be on because I don't know. And I just kind of now realize that I am, I hate saying a public figure, but I do realize my voice matters. My opinion matters. Mm-hmm. People do take what I say to heart. So, yeah. you know, I have to move now in a certain way yep. where, like I was telling before, I didn't take YouTube seriously. But now that I'm starting growing and getting paid and, you know, getting sponsorships and doing so, people are contacting me. I'm seeing people out there. I mean, you have brands internally looking at my videos. <laughs> That's wild. And how I found out about they looked at my videos? somebody at GameStop, hey, oh, yeah, um, I know you. I said you do? And I always mess with people. I said, how you know me, man? We was at GameStop corporate, and I saw one of your videos. I said, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. And hey, that let me know right then and there, you got to move different. Once you get to a certain level on YouTube and really don't matter about sub counts right now, it's sub counts are great. But once you start moving and hit numbers and stuff and people start contacting you, you have to move different. You can't act like everybody else. It's a business. You take it seriously. You got to study all the time. Yeah, dude. I'm telling you, I don't have a cable bill. I have a innate bill. Sorry, YouTube TV. I love you guys, but I had to like disconnect because it's so high. Brother got bills, right? right. But but I do study YouTube so much now. I I cannot be in the three years I've been really seriously taking this super seriously. I study YouTube like crazy. I wake up, I dream about videos, making videos, bro. That is crazy. Right? I'm saying you have to be that lifestyle. Now you don't have to be insane like me, but I enjoy it. I have my phone. If I wake up, go get the bathroom. Let me write these 12 videos down real quick. Go back to sleep. (laughs) I do it, man. I'm in the trenches. I love
2: it. I love it. But that's what makes you successful because you love it. This episode of Tube Talk is brought to you by vidIQ's Trend Alerts tool. Think Google Alerts, but specifically for YouTube trends. This tool is great for planning your next video as it helps you stay on top of trending topics within your niche. Provided you have vidIQ installed on your Chrome or Firefox browser, you'll find it on the left-hand sidebar the next time you're in your YouTube studio. Once there, you can create an alert and enter keywords for it and set the parameters. So for example, I could have a channel that covers iPhones and I may want an alert that includes things like iPhone, iPhone 12, or even Apple event. Then I can set up my alert to email me whenever a new video hits say 500, 1000, or even 10,000 views an hour. So if suddenly I get an email and see 20 new videos all talking about iPhone 27 rumors and they're all each getting about 500 views an hour, I know that something's probably going down and I had better hit record. The Trend Alerts tool is free when you sign up with vidIQ. So visit vidIQ.com, install the extension, and start creating Trend Alerts today. I want to go back to what you just said,
0: right? Uh, you right. were talking about how you are a public figure and this is true. And I will take it a step further. When you upload your very first video on YouTube and then you upload videos after that, at Mm -hmm. that point, like I said in the previous podcast, creators, you might not think this is true, but once you upload that first video on YouTube and then you go after that, you are now a business owner. If your face is on the camera, guess what? You are now a public figure no matter how many subs you have or what your following is, no matter what platform you're on. When you put your face in front of a camera and you upload that content to a public social media platform, you have now become a public figure. And like Mr. Way just said, you have to move differently because now you are building a business. You might not think about it as a business, or you might not think of it as a business, but you are now building a business because essentially when you start a YouTube channel, you are starting your very own business where you are the CEO and you have to move accordingly. Because as I told you all before, you have to be careful about how you present yourself on social media platforms because like Mr. Rightway alluded to, you never know who's watching you.
1: You never know. And it's so wild, man. I tell you, like people in, in WWE watching me because, you know, I had a previous stint, you know, as a photographer doing WWE, you know, doing a lot of wrestling photography and stuff like that. And, you know, this, those contacts just don't go away. They watch you. I have people like watching, hitting me up and like, here's a tip also, guys. When you start moving different, you start getting up there, and you start getting like B and A class, like contacts, don't misuse those. Because like people who are famous, and they put you in their trust circle, and you like say you have a number or you have emails, don't misuse that. Don't burn that bridge. I'm telling you because they move at a different level, and you never know what contacts can connect you to something else. My pastor said this. This is really true. Your destiny is based off your next decision. Watch what you do. Be cool. Be kind. Be yourself. You know, if you want to just be and, you know, be yourself, you know, you like Snoop, be like, be like, be yourself. But also just be cautious of what you're doing. You know, don't be out here wilding out because like people always say like, oh, this is my Facebook page. This is my YouTube page. No, it's not. Actually, they can take that joke back to you anytime. They're letting you bar that. Right. They, letting, they they taking it. That's theirs. So, you know, you do something stupid, you try to like attack another creator, and they, they say, oh, you know what? We're going to delete you from this platform. You can cry all you want. But that's why I'm getting that stuff like that because I know in the end of the day, it's not mine. I'm boring, but at the end of the day, if you two shut down, what
0: I'm going to do? Right. <laughs> I mean, about before. Yeah, we talked about this before on the podcast about how when you are on these platforms, you are on rented land. You don't yeah. own the platforms. If they change the rules or the requirements, you can do nothing about it except accept it or go to a different platform. So this is why we talk a lot about diversifying your platform presence and making sure that you have multiple income sources so you don't get caught up if one of these platforms were to go down or You get kicked off for whatever reason. You definitely want to diversify your portfolio as it relates to what platforms you are present on if you are building a business. So very good point there. But to your point about WWE, I got to ask you, I I watched a clip of you working with Stephanie McMahon on Undercover balls. So how did that come to be? That's pretty cool. (laughs) man. Thank
1: you, man. Thank you. Hustling, man, because like I said, I was a wrestling photographer. I was on one of these wrestling websites and I saw a post that said CBS or something was looking for a wrestling photographer. And I'm like, huh. I said, let me throw my name in there. So I sent him an email, man, dude, like an hour later, somebody from CBS hit me up. I'm like, all right, uh, this got to be a joke. So I just, you know, went along with it. And then they said, yeah, yeah. And all the kind of stuff. I started, I looked, scrolled down the email and I saw that professional like bio and all the kind of stuff. I was like, oh. This is real. And then the (laughs) next email, they said, hey, can you get on online real quick, like in the next 20 minutes? I said, yeah, I can. And from there, we're just like, interview, another interview, another interview. And then I said, okay, cool. And I did not know it was going to be Undercover Boss. I thought it was going to be just me following around how wrestling photography is. They totally fooled me. People like, oh, I knew that was Stephanie. Yo. When I was on there, I did not know. I said, "Dang, this girl tall as heck." I don't know. I know who she is. I say like, she looked familiar, but I didn't ever think about it. So I was just showing her how to do wrestling stuff. In the end, that surprise of undercover boss was genuine. My like, I like none. I had an out of body experience. I was like, "They what? They tricked me. They got me. They got me good." And that opportunity led to a a little bit stint with WWE. It didn't go all the way, but it did. You know, WrestleMania, a couple shows. Got paid. So I did good. I reached a level of success that a lot of people would not even get to. I hated that it ended, but actually that kinda led me to YouTube. You know, it was another chapter in my life because I was like after it ended, I was really like just sad and like kinda like depressed. I'm like, man, I can't believe this my dream job ended. But I was happy I had it and I didn't really get the job. (laughs) <laughs> I just actually got the opportunity. It didn't lead to a full time job, but it's still, you know, I got money. <laughs> I got the opportunity. And then, you know, years later, I started doing YouTube. Uh, so, all of these skills being photography, you know, being on a big stage kind of just led me to being on YouTube. That is pretty cool,
0: man that was the other question i was going to ask you i was gonna ask you did you know it was stephanie but you said you did not know it was her I, I, no I, I didn't know I, i'm kind of surprised. surprised by that yeah <laughs> because like say so, like,
1: think about this right when you're in the moment and you're doing stuff and you know they yeah. got cameras all that kind of stuff right okay i'm thinking they're doing like a documentary on professional wrestling you know right. and, and they want to show like one part of like independent photographers i said oh this is my way to get into the wwe so i show them i'm doing this like cool but on TV, they're you know, like, hey, Stephanie, man, going to be on this, so everybody know. But when I'm in the moment, you don't know. I wasn't. I in the moment. Right. I did not know. I didn't fake that and like, you know, her stand. I'm not that good of an actor, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I got you. So, another one of the pieces of content that you made about, I think, a year or so ago, maybe a couple of years ago now, is that early in the podcast, you said that you are a video game collector, but a few years ago, you had to sell 90% of your video game collection. So, talk mm. to us about What led to you having to fail the bulk of your video game collection? Life, man, life. Mm.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm doing the same thing, right? was getting my, you know, it's kind of in the early stages of my career. Well, it's still kind of early. But here in in Texas, man, driving on the roads every day, had me a 2016 Hyundai Sonata Hybrid. So, you know, that joker was getting good gas, boy. 500 (laughs) miles to a tank, back and forth. Man, let me tell you. The engine just blew up. It just, just, I heard a click, a crank, smoke. My car started coming to a stop. I was like, oh, my Lord, what is going on? I said, not now. I cannot. Engine car just blew up, man. I, I mean, wow. like blew up, but the engine just blew up. had a hole in it. I saw oil from like a mile down the road. I had to pull over. I still owe money on that darn car. I owed like, I owe $19,000 on that car at that time. And I was like, oh, Lord. I said, what am I going to do? So I just praying. I was like, all right, you know what? Make the best situation. You know, at the time, I was married and I called my ex-wife. He just came and got me. And then I'll borrow her car because she didn't have a really great car at that time. And <laughs> two weeks later, her car blew up. I was like, what in Ooh. the world? And I was looking. I said, what am I going to do? And I looked at my collection. I'm like, well, you know what? Got to go. So I sold 90% of it. It was like worth about $55,000. I got around about 40, 43,000 for it, sold it. Mm. Then I took that bought two brand new cars and you know, it was good, made content out of it. And actually that kind of like took off on the channel because I was, you know, being vulnerable It's me. And sometimes we don't want to be vulnerable. And don't want to say that we fail, especially in the collecting type of uh, genres, like, you know, video games, comic books, you know, Pokemon cards, pops and stuff like that. You build a really nice collection as me. And we're very, very proud of this collection. And I was like, yeah, this is mine. I did this, but I had to let it go. So I sold it, you know, bought the cars. And then now it's even bigger and better than it was before. Yeah, a few games I wish I didn't sell, I don't have. But like I said, they're video games. I can get them again one day. But yeah, that was that was a bad part of my trailer journey because I was just starting too. I was like, man, I'm doing this. And then I also was thinking like, what is the audience going to think? But the audience was there for me, bro. They were like, you know what? Things happen. You got to do it. Keep on going. And they earned a lot of respect from people. When I go to the conventions and I'm guested, people still talk about that. They're like, hey, man, I see what you did. You know, you taught me a lesson. And I was like, wow. OK, that was cool. So when things do happen, you know, you just got to you choose how you respond to it. And like say, being a public figure, I just had to roll with the punches. Would I ever sell it again if something happened? Probably will. I would want to. But, you know, life happens, bro.
0: Yeah, man. It sounds like you, uh, you dealt with it in that moment and you came back stronger than ever. So now I'm curious, how long did it take you to kind of like build your collection back up? Because I'm looking at your background. Clearly, uh, you have gotten back to form in some way, <laughs> shape or form. So how long did it take you to build that collection back up?
1: Uh, it took about another year, about a year and a half to, to get it really back where it's at. Like I said, I just I don't know if any of your people who listen are into video game collecting. But I just now completed one of my second sets. I'm looking at it. It's the Nintendo 3DS and that Joker. Oh my goodness. The prices of those games are just skyrocketing since the uh, Nintendo eShop had closed. I'm now into getting to like kiosks, signs. Let me tell you another GameStop story. I got a PlayStation 4 kiosk here on the side and they just actually just gave it to me. <laughs> like, I guess, you know, like I said, you know, doing positive content and all that kind of stuff. I walked in the store, and the manager's like, hey man, how big your car? I was like, Oh, it's big enough. Why? And he opened the door. You want this kiosk? I said, Yeah, I want that kiosk. PS4 <laughs> had the TV with it, had uh the dummy PlayStation, had the controls, had everything with it. This joker right here, man, it is super nice. And then also to that Nintendo Switch kiosk, I got it from a GameStop that was closing that I, you know, always shopped at and um uh, they sold it for like 75 bucks. It just like different opportunities. I'm always In the right place at the right time.
0: (laughs) So is that how you came up with the name? Or that's how you came up with the name, Mr. Right Way, because you're in the right right place at the right time. That's how it is. (laughs) Well, you know, my last name is right, Steve Wright. So I was like, and
1: I always kind of hated, like, I ain't had no cool name going up. Everybody got the, hey yo, what's up DW or something. Like, I ain't had no cool name. You can't say what's up SW. Like, what? That don't (laughs) sound cool, man. What's up SW? So like Steve Wright. So like, oh, you know, Mr. Right Way. I must just keep calling myself that. And, you know, in wrestling, you say stuff over and over and over. It starts sounding good. I'm like, okay, that kind of sound like, you know, wrestler manager type of, you know, kind of flavor. So I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I sound like that. And just, it went from there. I can't remember my, what my YouTube name was before because it's so ingrained in
0: me now. And
1: every time I hear somebody say right way, I'm like, hey, you watch out now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty awesome, man. That is pretty awesome. So. If I'm understanding you correctly, you said you took YouTube seriously about, what, three years ago? During the pandemic, yeah. Pandemic, about three years ago. So over the course of three years or whatever, I think uh, your channel, you said it's about 26,000 subscribers. So talk about a little bit about what helped you grow, because that three years and 20-something thousand subscribers, that's, I mean, you're talking about maybe, what, six 7,000 subscribers a year, damn there something like that. So uh, that's more so. than that. How did you grow so fast?
1: One thing that I did was being consistent. Mm. I put out one video every week at the same time, same bad time, same bad channel, all the time. Then I moved up to two, same bad time, same bad channel, the right way. Every week, never missed it. Monday and Friday, Monday and Friday, Monday and Friday, Monday and Friday. And then it just constantly bringing new people in. Another thing, I did like collaborations with different people. People who were in my well in my genre, but still who didn't wa- the people who didn't watch our channels kind of watch it, but I did it with other bigger creators that helped out, and just those two factors really. And also, I know a lot of people don't say, don't worry about what kind of you use, but if anything you use is, make sure you upgrade your audio first. Yeah, I had really good. Oh, uh, you can have trash video, but if you have bad audio, people will tune out so quick. So I upgraded, invested in myself. You know, you got to spend money to make money. And I did that. And using my skills, work on your skills. Another thing, too, I mean, listen to, like, the vidIQ, listen to, like, other creators, people who, not even in your genre, are looking at, like, movies, looking at, like, crazy National Enquirer magazines and just inspiration from everywhere. I'm always constantly learning. When I think I know everything, you don't. I found out something new. Like, I'm always new. And also, make sure you treat people nice and the right way. I always do. I always try to treat people with kindness. I always do. Even though sometimes I get a little petty because some comments be... And some of them comments, man. Especially oh, yeah. being a black creator. Oh, my goodness. Some of the racist comments <laughs> yeah. I get sometimes. I hate. It hurts. But I learned to ignore it at first. At first I used to go back and forth. I said I can't do that no more. Sometimes I just like I used to be real petty. This is okay. This is a little fun. I used to be petty. I'll say something and wait to respond and then I hide them from the channel. <laughs> 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 oh it felt good but I like you know what it's not helping my mental health. So always say like, protect your mental health as a creator. The block button is the best invention on earth for protecting your mental health because they don't have to be a part of your kingdom. They don't have to be a part of your social media circle. Just because you block somebody don't mean you a bad person. You protecting your mental health. Yeah, that's number one thing. Anything that the pandemic taught me was animal crossing. So, so well and help people with mental health. But the block button protecting your mental health is number one key. As being a great creator now in this generation, because people say some wild stuff, and like Mike Tyson said, people say they don't get no kind of like punishment. you know, people just say anything off the wall, but they can't because they won't get punched in the mouth. You know, people not right. say that. I never had met a hater at a bank. I never met a hater in person. It's always <laughs> behind the type of stuff. And if you don't give them that power, because some of the people actually be just looking for attention. And they really do. They really are hurt. Like hurt people, hurt people, man. Just let that stuff go. I like say, just block them and be done with it. I had people out of block before they made another account to apologize. I said, well, you're still going to be blocked on this. account too." Yeah, I'm not going to give you a second chance on that because your mental health is so important, Viper. You got to protect it. Got to.
0: And that's called setting boundaries. I think I made an entire podcast about that. But as creators, especially uh, in the current state of the Internet, we have to have boundaries. It's so interesting that we are talking about this topic because I've been observing the craziness that's been happening with Taylor Swift while she's on her errands tour. You Ooh. literally have fans camping outside of her apartment, outside of the studio that she's recording at, and even had an incident where a fan, as she was pulling away from her studio, ran after her SUV. Like, no, oh this is not okay. On no planet is <laughs> it okay for you to run after somebody's car if they're trying to drive away. And her security person threatened this person. He's like, listen, if, you, if I see you again, we got a problem. So Ooh. we got to have these boundaries out there. So I love that you've highlighted that. And again, just because you block somebody doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you are setting your boundaries and you are absolutely within your rights as a creator to set mm-hmm. your boundaries. And I love that YouTube allows us to hide them from the channel so they could just talk into the void and nobody yeah. knows what you're saying or they can't be seen because they're hidden from the channel. It is a beautiful
1: thing. It is so beautiful. I love you too to add that. And you know, I'm kinda I'm kind of glad they kind of got rid of uh, like the dislike button in a way, which the likes and dislikes don't really matter. They all interaction. I'm one of the few because like a lot of people, it seems like I'm a dislike your video. All like, right, well, go ahead. But why are you putting all that crazy energy just to say you don't like something? Like I remember every time I used to do premieres, right? And I would have like three or four like down votes, and I'm like, Oh, same person. But they are hate watching, so that's good. They're watching, they're interacting, but when they take that away, it kind of like took their power away. Yeah, you can see them on little other apps and stuff, but I really do feel that YouTube making that switch to protect creators and protecting their mental health. Because now it's a different, I see it, I'm old school, you know, me and you around the same age. I was back when Radio Shack and all that kind of stuff. But when this social media thing just took off, people's mental health and level wanted to be accepted, especially on social media, totally messed up people mentally just because just of the mental health. And a lot of people don't know how to deal with it or are scared to talk up for that. Like, a lot of female creators deal with crazy stuff in like, the video game genre. They oh, yeah. should not have to deal with that. People whose sexual orientation is different have to deal with that. You don't, don't do people like that. People are human leave people alone mind your business lead them alone if they business ain't hurting you leave them alone yeah i can go on on for that but i'm not but just really
0: saying protect your mental health everybody protect protect your mental health at all costs absolutely so we know that this year youtube shorts are now monetizable and i see you've done a few shorts Mm -hmm. on your channel so i'm just curious to get your thoughts about youtube shorts and how they're performing for you and your thoughts about them in general
1: uh, mixed bag. I'm. I'm I, <laughs> that uh, oh, oh, Ah man, we I know. <laughs> All right. This is what I noticed, and I talk to people on YouTube about this. YouTube Shorts are amazing for growing an audience. It is not amazing for making some money because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be real, man. This is, this is what I noticed, and a lot of my other creative friends have noticed this. I have a couple friends who grew super crazy on shorts and got a hundred thousand subs and got that plaque and great. But at a hundred thousand subs, they can't even break 10,000 views on a regular long form video. That is ridiculous. I'm waiting for the day for YouTube to combine it. I don't know how long I'll make one here and there, but YouTube shorts is really not my heart. I like long form. As you can see, I like to talk. I'm like you, I'm energetic. I love to talk. I love to be in front of the camera. I cannot connect with my audience in 60 seconds. I can do that. I'm not it probably that generation of the TikTok. I don't even have a TikTok. I cut that out. I will use, I will break it down. I will probably later on add more shorts. I think shorts is another good way for people to get on the platform because as Roberto Blake says, hey, YouTube is the number one place for the creators in the creator economy. I think it's great, but. If you want to grow a channel long term and want to get like get paid, do it. If you want views, you know, do it. If they both work, it's just so confusing for me right now. It just doesn't work for me in my creative outlet. Other people, yeah, a lot of people do really good with YouTube Shorts and entertainer is heck. I just not that one person. I don't like looking at videos like like it's up and down. I don't do it like that. I always used to hate when people were like. In football games record like this i like turn it turn it around <laughs> and that was the back in the day when iPhone came out turn it around look how you like watch tv how you watch tv yeah, that's how you record
0: don't do this who are listening he's about uh not liking people who record in portrait orientation I hate uh, that. and how when you have an iphone back in the day <sighs> if you want to get the best video you should you should record in landscape so that's what he talking about
1: <laughs> oh my goodness you remember those days, right? <laughs> oh yeah oh, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, I hate that. It just so, it bothers me so much. And people had these really nice phones, these Samsung's and, and these iPhones. And they all like at uh, 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 the concerts are doing this. I say, like, no, do like this so you can watch it back or put it Rotate on video. Rotate your phone, people. Rotate your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I just see. I always had a creative mindset. You know, I'm just a creative person, like from doing wedding photography and doing wedding videos and making commercials with churches and stuff like that, I always thought about that. I just never felt like, hey. And I hate the little black bars when you see a commercial oh, on TV man. and yeah. you can see the little black bars, you're like, Oh, I know how they recorded that. And I was
0: like, oh bro, why? I don't know how you survive today though, because that's all they're doing is out there recording in portrait orientation because of TikTok and Instagram Reels and YouTube Shorts, man. That's all it is going on out there these days.
1: <laughs> and you know what that bothers me so much. And there'd be these commercials. I was like,
0: no, no, they know the
1: news station did not do that. I said, Y'all got these billion dollar machines and y'all, oh well, anyway. I'm so happy right now that I got Radio Shack in my pocket that cause this right here, this is such a great tool to make content. Your smartphone, yes, yes. Your smartphone is so good. And yes. then you get you like some tripods and then you get like a little extra microphone or like a, a light. Man, you got a great setup.
0: Yeah. And I agree with the point that you made earlier about as a creator, when you're first starting out, your yeah. first investment uh should be in your audio. You need an internal yeah. microphone. Don't rely on the internal microphones of your smartphone or tablet because those microphones are not the best. Get yourself an external microphone as your first major investment as a creator, and I Mm -hmm. promise you, your audience will thank you for it. That was one of the first criticisms I got when I started out five years ago. Somebody said, yo, Viper, I love what you do, but your audio sounds like you're underwater. So I went out (laughs) and I brought a Blue Yeti and the rest is history.
1: (laughs) That is good. You know, that's another thing too, man. Talking about criticism, you could tell... Amazing criticism. You can tell amazing constructive criticism by your audience because they want to get you better. Right. And you're like, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be vulnerable here, man. Somebody clown me on my teeth, man. I'm like, y'all looking that hard? Like, yeah, man. I, I, what do you say, man? Why are your teeth so yellow? I said, hold on. Wow. I'm like, wow. And I look. i like, that. he kind of right. So let me go to the dentist, man. Let me take. I am kind of on camera, so let me get this right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'll never
1: forget. I never forget that it was funny. It was funny, hurtful, and true all at the same time. So you know what? Yeah, let me go get that right. And I don't have bad tea but just like why your tea you? all hold on, did the light hit it right? Or what like? Oh yeah, let me. Yeah, let me the
0: audience will be roofing with you. They, they, they will tell you what they think, and they will not use a filter on it at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. But hey, I can take it. I mean.
0: As a creator, to some extent, we have to have thick skin because we're going to get those type of comments. Uh, they're not always going to be sunshine and roses in the comment section. As anybody who's been a creator on YouTube can tell you, sometimes the YouTube comment section can be all types of ruthless. You got to have a thick skin. <laughs> some of it will be warranted, but a lot of it won't be warranted. And you just got to handle it in an appropriate fashion for sure. So, Mr. Way, I know that technically you're not a gaming channel, but technically you are a gaming channel. Yeah. And earlier in the podcast, you alluded to The biggest thing happening in gaming right now, Zelda, The Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. I've been playing it. I know you've been playing it. What what are your thoughts on Tears of the Kingdom, my dude? My dude, I'm telling you, since this recording,
1: I've been so busy. I only installed it and looked at the screen. But that's a good thing about being creative, right? The midnight release, I recorded that. I got home, uploaded it, edited it all out in an hour, slept a little bit, got on the plane, visited YouTube. This some more stuff, uh, made some more videos because in LA I'm doing a new, if this will be out, I'm starting a new series called the PlayStation Pursuit where I am going to collect every PlayStation greatest hit from PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, 3, 4, and wow. PSP and take everybody along the ride. I already recorded six episodes in LA. I want to do like each episode in different cities. That's long-term thinking, but yeah, I already done all that. Recorded these episodes, man, got back home, doing more video, Doing more editing, taking care of other stuff, getting these deals in place, and I have still had not played it yet, man. I was like, Ooh, oh, I, I, I see how good it is. I'm like, man, I want to go craft. So I'm gonna play it because I'm I'm ready. I think tomorrow I set aside some time to like play this game because I got my videos done for the next couple weeks, so I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to play it. But yeah, man, I've been getting everything. I got like the what I got over here? I got the collector's edition. I got the Switch. I know you just got that switch and the new one. Yeah. I got I got two versions of the game. <laughs> I got <laughs> some standees, man. I wouldn't get collecting stuff. I got so much stuff like before we got on this podcast, and it'd be in the PlayStation Pursuit. I just scored a really dope PlayStation 1 kiosk. It's gonna be in the premier episode. So mm. stay tuned for that if you haven't. And another thing, I'm still putting out videos from my trip from Japan. So I've been on the grind. On the grind. Nothing wrong with that, On the man. grind. And I love it. I love it. I would not trade it for nothing. And another thing about that, I can do this. And Cause people like, why you you all this time? One, I'm retired from the Navy. So I thank God for that. You know, uh, I got hurt in the military. I'm retired. So I have time. If you have time, make use of it. Because I know a lot of creators not blessed with time and want to do this full time as I'm doing. So that's really a good blessing that I can be retired. I can just go and come as I please and make content for, you know, the masses.
0: Absolutely, I'm curious, are you able to tell us or talk to us a little bit about your trip to YouTube? Yeah, I I could talk about a little bit. Some
1: stuff I can't, but we were just meeting there. Here's the funny thing about it. I went to YouTube campus. It was a newer campus. It was like one of their pitch rooms. I did a video, on. it's a video there, so you can see, but I didn't record what they was talking about. But it was one of the head of YouTube gamers. I got to meet him, got some connections with that, The crazy thing about YouTube, I was in a room and every creator in that room had 100,000 to a million subs. And I'm sitting in that room like, okay, I feel feel like I belong here. I didn't feel intimidated. I felt inspired. I talked to these people. I learned. I didn't like, hey, you want to do a video? I said, no. I just said, what do you do? How you do this? You know, making connections. You're going to be here. Okay, cool. I ain't trying to like, You know, all these creators are doing different things, like some doing reaction videos, some playing Roblox, doing different stuff. But it was just cool to be in that vicinity because they gave us the option. And here's another thing, too. Sometimes you got to bet on yourself. They gave us the option to look at it like we're doing right here, like on Zoom. And I say, you know what? No, 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 no. I need to be there. I need to have my face there. I need to be in that place. I need to feel that energy. I need to get there because if I don't, how many people get an opportunity to get invited to go to a YouTube campus or a Google campus? I can't count how many people, especially doing what I'm doing. Now, you got like tech creators and all that stuff get invited a lot, but still, that's a, still a small amount. I just had to put myself in there, man, and just absorb that energy and learn. I could say I'm always want to learn and taking chances on yourself, you know, spending that money. A lot of people don't see that time. you spending money on plane tickets and luckily my... Until you live in California, so you know, but you still gotta get cars and you know you get food and all that. A lot of people don't see that; they always see the end result. They don't never see the hard grind behind the camera because just making a video is the easiest part. You got to edit, you got to go out, you got to get food, you got to get gas. People talk about gas. You know how how much gas is, bro? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they don't talk about gas. You don't talk about all the you love starbucks they don't talk about all the times you got to wait at starbucks or they get your order wrong you got to do something else you got to get here <laughs> they don't talk about all that stuff they don't talk about the reels they just see the finished product which right. that's okay because if you don't have the creative mindset you won't really understand and you can not get mad at somebody who don't understand that but still that still take a toll on you it's so much more to being a creative just making a video or sitting in front of the camera and having audio no it's so much other stuff all
0: right speaking of other stuff before we uh, get you out of here man is there any advice that you want to give to new up-and-coming creators who might be listening to this podcast that we haven't talked about so far? Do it
1: because you love it. Do not mm. do it for money. Don't do it for money. If you do, I've seen so many creators do it for money and they burn out.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Because you, you listen, you might not get a thousand subs for like five years. Learn your craft too. Learn your craft. Learn everything you can about your camera, your audio, how to put a video together. Invest in yourself. And you don't have to get a, Billion dollar computer, which kids going to call a billion dollars, but you don't have to get a MacBook Pro just like now. You can get an iPad and you know, and get Final Cut Pro, which I saw this morning. You know, Final Cut Pro is live. Yep. Get on there, learn how to do it, pay that monthly fee, and also learn to keep a budget. A budget is key to success. Write that stuff down, make that vision plain. I'm telling you, because a budget will save you. Just don't go willy nilly and buy stuff, have a budget and just have fun. Stay consistent, all
0: those will help you succeed the right way. <laughs> Y'all see how you plugged himself the right way? I like that. I mean, you, gotta, you gotta do it, man. That's, that's, that's that creator energy right there. Yeah, I had to learn it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Mr. Right Way. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast, my dude. If the people want to want more of you and your content, where are the places to follow you at, man? Man, follow me on the red and white code.
1: YouTube because it's the best place on earth i love it you'll find all my content there you'll find instagram twitter and anything else i'm doing i'm very active i love the community page i ain't say one of a few creators but i love to answer almost every comment i heart it like it you get crazy i delete it and block you so don't get don't get crazy
0: (laughs) but i am there y'all watch your tone on his page no doubt yeah watch your tongue watch your mouth watch your (laughs) mouth. man listen i appreciate you making the time and being on the podcast and thank you so much and thank you to the listeners out there who are listening to this episode of tube talk you know your boy viper will be back next week with another episode of tube talk presented by vid iq
2: we hope you enjoyed this episode of tube talk brought to you by vid iq head over to vidIQ.com slash talk for today's show notes and previous
0: episodes. Enjoy the rest of your video-making day.